Triple M's Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Thanks to Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance and power without limits. Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, the Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell on this Wednesday afternoon. I tell you what, boys, I'm so excited to speak to Morgan Tiranui, ex-Wallaby, about what the hell went on with Eddie Jones. And also, we, we also we just the fact is that we've got rock absolute royalty coming in studio. We have Josh Homme and Dean Fatita from Queens of the Stone Age. They'll be in studio. So absolutely cannot wait. Yeah, I think they're playing at um, Horton Pavilion tonight. tonight. And tomorrow night. Yeah, good. There are some people that can't listen to our show today, boys. You know the reason for that? Why? Because they're on their way to Vegas. Who's that? This is the Manly Sea Eagles. Yep. Who caught the same plane as the Newcastle Knights. Yes. The Knights down the not so pointy end of the of the plane. Manly up in the business end. Dropped off the Knights in Fiji. Yeah. And then Manly going on oh, to Vegas. Well. So apparently the Manly boys walked in. See you later, Knights. Yep. They tucked left. Yep. Went into the lie-down seats and the Knights had to go down the back. Well, Bulavanaka, Fiji Airways, mate, how good? Yeah, how good. Uh, they'll have a good time in Fiji. And I like that, what, what we're doing here, because, you know, we're going over the Pacific Nations as well, mm. but then some guys are going to Vegas. Can I just say this, but Newcastle <laughs> Knights, you know what I'll be thinking? Mate, we, hopefully we get to go to Vegas next year. But, Fear of missing out. Yeah. You had the FOMO, wouldn't you? Well, uh, the uh, Manly coach has actually done a little bit of drive-by against South Sydney. They're going 11 days before the game, which is why they've left today. They're saying we're there, the NRL, trying to promote the game in um, USA. We're doing our job. Perhaps South Sydney could do, oh, do wow. theirs. Souths aren't going to do any of that stuff, Manly believes. So a little, your best mate, give them a little See, drive-by yeah. a little clip. at, wow. Man, at uh, the airport this well, morning when they left. Well, the Chooks are already there, aren't they, or not? The yeah. Chooks? No, we go today as well. well today, we've got our own chartered flights. We don't worry about these other bunnies. Well, today at our launch, we had Blake Solly there. He was there today. So yeah, Blake should... Solly. We had a launch today for Triple M. Yeah. The Blake Solly, I was just giving it to South up on stage. Yeah. And then I realised the boss of South was just... <laughs> For our, listeners, for our listeners, he was just tail between the legs after yep, that. Yep. Weren't you a groveling mess yes. when Blake Solly was there? It was a was joke, there? the groveling, as yeah. if I care. Oh, yeah. as now, if I care. Now you're back up, chest out. He's up well, he's about. not here, is he? Please. <laughs> Didn't want to show disrespect. Time for some of this. Yeah, Luciano Lalua, he is going to sign with the Dragons. Three-year deal, mm. $2.7 million. We laughed with Reedy about this. He's getting 900000 a season. Oof. The Dragons have overpaid for him, surely. Well, mate, the Dragons have to overpay. That's where they are at the moment, and that's why, you know, they're one of the favourites to win the Wooden Spoon this year, and we saw what they did on the weekend. I want the Dragons to go really well, but, you know, they, they've got to go back and, and stop. You, you need to get the right players, but you can't spend... That much money. Uh, you know, I know he's a good player, but, geez, like, to bring him back home, Canberra was, they were smart too. They, his management, you know, played Canberra off against the Dragons and obviously good luck to him. Look, I want, he's a good young fella, um, obviously good friends with Tristan. I know his family quite well. I want him to do really well, but that's that's big dollars. Is that an issue across the league where some guys, you know, some of the lesser clubs have to pay overs to get players into the club? That's exactly right. You look at the Tigers, you know, they did, did it with uh, Jerome Luai, you know, and I mean, he's worth it. But one of these young players, and good luck to them because the game's changed now. It's like um, real estate market, you know. Like you, you are what you know. Someone's willing to pay or, or afford. So good luck to him. So well, cool. welcome back home anyway, mate. It's his shout. <laughs> Peter Volandis has been reappointed for three more seasons, but there is speculation he won't see out this term, Dell. 
He's too smart, Peter Blandis. He's got his fingers in a few pies, but he's very good at what he does. Remember, he's been doing two full-time jobs yeah. now for years. Yeah. And I mean, he's, a, he's really super smart and yeah. and got a work ethic like no one else. And, he, and he's he's good at what he does, you know. He can, he can sell ice to Eskimos, this bloke, and he's very good. So hopefully he sees out his tenure. Uh, he's been great for rugby league, but we won't forget what he's done through, through that COVID period. Absolutely now, legend. Your mentor, Wayne Bennett, he's been linked to a Parramatta Eels coaching director role. Mm. He is the best, isn't he, at this stuff? Oh, I, I love him because, mate, look, he, he, he didn't, you know, he hasn't got the New Zealand job, you know. That's one of those things where... Well, I was about to tell you, Stacey Jane's just been given that job. Yeah. You you were happy with a local guy getting it, weren't yeah, you? I Before wanted... we go, but we'll go back to Wayne in a moment. Okay, yeah. We'll go... I wanted Nathan Kalis or Stacey Jones, I think, after Madge has done a job there. One of those, you know, the, one of those Kiwi greats had the opportunity to come in. I didn't want Wayne to get on the back of that. Wayne could have done it for sure, but they needed to go back with someone homegrown. Mm. And uh, Stacey will do a good job. He, he got handed a bit of a poison chalice with that Warriors when Nathan Brown sort of left, you know. Okay, so with Bennett missing out up there, he can, he wants to be a coaching director at Parramatta. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that there's a coach at Parramatta that does not want Wayne Bennett just sitting above him Brad with Arthur. the pressure that he's under. Yeah. Of course. Well, he's, he's quite smart, but if you get someone like Wayne Bennett on board, like, mate, it's, it's, it's smart business, but Wayne might be like the Kevin Sheedy role in it. GWS, he might be happy to just sit there and sort you of think help. Think he'll be happy to do that? I don't know, but if I know, I Wayne, think you know, mate. I think you know he as well, mate. <laughs> coach Parramatta because he's missed out on New Zealand. Yeah, and this is a little shimmy on top. And then Arthur's, what's your back, brother? <laughs> <laughs> now, yesterday, lads, we uh, were speaking about piercings at the dinner table with my kids. <laughs> my oldest one goes, I'd hate to, I just hate to be that person who has to sit there and pierces people all day. Like, you have to mm. look at it and yeah. hold it and that sort of stuff. Sure. But the little one turns around and this blew me away. She just goes, I'd hate to be that person who just has to wax other people's pussy all day. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm surprised we got that on air first time. Yeah. And we're replaying it now, <laughs> so time. it's even better. When kids just make you crack up. It's, I, it, I absolutely love it. I've got one here from a mate of mine called Brett. He said, I picked up my son from school one day. He's in year one. So what is that? Five, six? Yeah, yeah. five or six, yeah. Mm. He walks down the stairs of the classroom in front of all the parents and teachers and says, hey, Dad, are we going to the pub for some schooners? Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, everyone's looking at him and laughing. <laughs> I remember I did, some, I did hang gliding for a mate of mine's 35th birthday and I hated it. And it was pretty obvious to Ella, who was about five or six at the time, that I hated that experience. So when I eventually landed with the guy, you know, obviously yeah. on my back and whatever, who was the loveliest guy, he got me down nice and safe. Ella ran across, uh, it was Lennox Head. Yeah. We just ran off Lennox Head. She ran across to him and started kicking him in the shins. Get him like, off, it get was, off. You, you're, you're upsetting my dad. My dad wasn't happy and you kept him up. And the, the whole bit, and the poor bloke, you know, he's laughing, but he's taking yeah. the stuff. That was hilarious because she was obviously trying to protect the dadder. Yeah. And they're very protective of their mums too, I think, uh, you know, the kids. And anyway, so I was sitting there and I was at my best, like, I went to... Matisse was like, you know, teenage years, you know, young teenagers. I was sitting there and obviously I was giving myself a rap on what everything I've done. Anyway, my daughter looks at me and she goes, you know what, Dad? Without Mum, you'd be in jail. Like, and I was just going like. Just so she was 13. Yeah, she was like 12 or 13. Yeah, so Clever. she just put me in my place. So, yeah, she's yeah. not wrong, but. <laughs> <laughs> but they're the stories we want on one triple three five three. What did your kids say to make you burst out laughing? Let's start the ball rolling. Hamish and Sutherland. Hey, Ham. Ah, uh, beautiful people. How are you? Good, Amish. <laughs> We're good. Thanks, mate. Now, uh, was it your kids? 
Yes, it was. It was about uh, two or three years ago. My uh, four-year-old daughter, um, we're at the Christmas dinner table. My mo- my mother-in-law, who was an ex-teacher, thought, oh, I'll bring out one of those educational books and having a chat to um, a little girl. Mm. So it goes on about shortening words. So a fire is called, uh, a fire officer is called a fiery. Yeah. A uh, person who works with the wood is called a chippy. And one of the last ones was a person from the country. What are they called? And oh. my daughter at the top of <laughs> at the top of her lung said, "This person's a sea bomb." Oh, <laughs> spectacular! Wow. So, um, yeah, my mother-in-law was a bit red in the face. I yeah. lost it. But, um, it was very well said by a four-year-old. Very, very, very clever. That five-year-old very now, we go. Let's go to Chris. How are you, Chris? Hey. Yeah, good yourselves. Yeah, welcome to the rush Chris. hour, mate. What did your kid make you make or say to make you burst out laughing? It was also a four-year-old daughter. It must be the attitude with him or something with him. But, uh, yeah, she, it was Christmas Day, you know, aunties and uncles and all that, grandparents all around. She got a new handbag, and I walk up and pretend to lift it up. I'm like, oh, look, I can't get it. You'll have to come and get it. And she, you know, barges her way through, and she just picks it up, and she looks at me, and she goes, Oh, you're just piss weak, Dad. Oh, <laughs> just come yes. that. Yeah, she's heard that from the mother, I imagine, yeah. or the partner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, it, but when a kid tells it, they say yeah. the truth comes out of kids and drunks, right? Yes, exactly. So when your little kid makes you laugh like that. Mm. I, I, I always overhear when they're having a conversation between each other, my two daughters, and the older so one. So they sort of sit together and yeah, chat? Yeah, you sort of hear, yeah. but we were out for dinner. I think we are down sort of Woolloomooloo, just near the water there, and they were looking over into the water. And my, the older one turns around to the little one and goes, you're going to sleep with the fishes, Piper. And like, oh, basically, no. and I'm going, like, she's, she's listened to The Godfather with you or something. <laughs> yeah. Sopranos, what's going on? We love it. That's great. Let's talk to an ex-Wallaby, eh? Exactly right. Let's talk a little bit of rugby. The Super Rugby starting at the end of the week, but there's a new doco coming out on Stan. Here's a little taste of it. This is Eddie Jones talking to his troops after a loss. It's really important not to forget this feeling. And this might, might sound like shit, but I'm talking from experience here. You have to go through this to be a good team. But you have to have this feeling where it hurts so much that you never want it to happen again. Yeah, all three episodes of the Stan original documentary series, The Wallabies Inside Rugby World Cup 2023, premiering tomorrow, February 22, only on Stan. And Morgan's on the line to talk us through that and Super Rugby. How are you, brother? Good, thanks, guys. How was Wendell when, when that voice came on at Betty's? Did he have PTSD or anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did, mate, I did. I thought it was back in South Africa again and obviously at the Waratahs, mate, yeah. <laughs> what about that? That's the first time that I can remember going into the Wallaby Sheds. Obviously, not a great piece, but that... That's pretty much what happened through the World Cup. Yeah, it is. I've had a sneak peek at, at the doco, and and it, I think it's great for for people just to see. Yeah, behind the curtain, it's inside coaches' meetings, it's inside change rooms, it's talking to players as they're waiting to hear if they get picked for the World Cup. You hear from Michael Hooper just after he doesn't get picked. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, look, it's an ugly ending. We all know what the ending is. It's a horror story at the end. Mm. But, but it is interesting and great for Wallabies fans to just go behind and see what the players are going through, how they approach it, and see Eddie, of course, being himself. Yeah, well, Eddie is always himself, but, you know, we all bought into Eddie. I know, um, you know, Dave Rennie obviously was, you know, tapped on the shoulder and said, look, mate, see you later. But then Eddie came in, you know, the Messiah. In Eddie we trust. In Eddie we trust, and I'll be honest, mate, I, 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 was, I was all in. But, you know, he left Hooper home, Quade Cooper didn't get an opportunity, and then um, Bernard Foley, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, a bit like you, Del, I was the same 
same as you because we remember the great things about an Eddie Jones environment. It's organised, it's innovative. Um, yes, it's a hard, anxious environment, but it got the best out of us. He, you know, when, Del, you played excellent rugby, a game you had absolutely no idea about mm. under Eddie Jones, thanks yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, it's like he, he did really good stuff for us. So we all thought it was going to be the same. Unfortunately, people, you know, the Wallabies this time didn't get to see the good Eddie that we remember. Um, he made some bad choices. He took risks around selection that blew up in his face. When when he got to the Fiji Wales game, which he had to which he had to win, and Alan Alatar was at home injured and he had Tupo out, Skelton out, McDermott yeah. out. He looked around and all those names you mentioned, Dell, weren't there. That's when he needed them and unfortunately blew up in all of our faces. Morgs, it's Jude. I mean, what's Joe Schmidt going to bring? We saw what he did with Irish rugby. What's he going to bring to the Wallabies? Well, what he does bring is international experience. Um, it's the first time that, you know, you look at Eddie, the first time he was a Wallabies coach, first international gig, Ewan McKenzie, first international gig, Michael Checker, Dave Rennie, all these guys, Robbie Deans. It was their first time. Joe Schmidt is a vastly experienced international coach and provincial coaching is completely different to international coaching and he's done it at a place, Ireland, which is a really similar environment mm. to Australian rugby and where Australian rugby needs to be. He's the best available coach in the world. I think it's a great appointment. But of course, Delhi, you know, Jude, you know, with your involvement in, in rugby as well, that, that it's not just about the coach. It's the system that mm. provides the players. It's the pathways. It's all the coaches they have. So there's still lots of work to do. And then there's a bit of a reset around performance in Super Rugby. All these guys at Super Rugby starting this Friday know that every single Wallabies jersey is up for grabs. Yeah, the pathway you're talking about, the Super Rugby Pacific 2024 season, Friday afternoon, love it because you get the first game in New Zealand early and that's on Stan Sport, of course. Crusaders and Chiefs, Remax of the 2023 final, then the big one, New South Wales and Queensland on Saturday oh, yeah. night. You guys would be busy. Yeah, they've gone bang straight away. Yeah. Uh, straight up, Friday <laughs> afternoon. It's, it's brilliant. Look, the Crusaders, high turnover. No Richie Mwanga, no Whitelock. Still got a raft of, of international players. No Scott Robertson as their coach. The Chiefs are probably my pick to win the comp. They're pretty settled. Damon McKenzie will be their leader in the number 10 jersey. And then Dell, you know better than anyone what it's like being on both sides of that Waratahs-Reds game. Yeah. It's going to be a huge emotional <laughs> night. Liz Kiss, the former Origin great, coaching the Reds yeah. who coached Dell and I right. at the Tars. So much intrigue and stories around any Reds-Tars matchup, especially considering the, the Reds pumped the two weeks ago in Roma at a trial. Mm. Uh, be interesting to see how that goes. Well, all three episodes of Stan original documentary series, The Wallabies Inside Rugby World Cup 2023, premieres tomorrow, February 22nd, only on Stan. Morgan Terranui, really appreciate you jumping on the rush here. Thanks, boys, anytime. Thanks, Thanks mate, you're killing it. Time sure. now for this. Gus's Mental Fitness Wednesday. Still haven't got a decent opener for this sex segment. We you put so much into our openers. You wouldn't believe it. Every other opener is gold on this show, and that's just not good enough. So I like it. Simple, like you. <laughs> is that a compliment? Yeah. A backhanded one. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> clip, but I'll take that. Uh, boys, how many minutes are there in a day? Uh, 1,440. <laughs> is that right? You just read my, my sheet, didn't you? <laughs> 1,440 minutes in a day. Make sure you spend a few on you is what we're going to talk about today when we're talking Mental Fitness Wednesday. Um, I know it's a discipline and you guys probably being ex-sportsmen have got that discipline. You've got routine in terms of giving yourself some self-care, sleeping enough, getting up early, exercising and stuff. Just take us, us listeners, through how many minutes a day you actually look after yourself? I've, I've probably, uh, in recent months, tried to prioritise and make sure we give myself a bit more time because uh, juggling too many things at, at various stages, and it just means that 
I don't give that time to myself. So probably this year I've had a bit of a focus to say, like, get up a little bit earlier. So even this morning, I probably got up about 10 past five and stuffed around a little bit, but then got to the gym and jump in an ice bath, do stuff like that. Just so to, you're in an ice bath this morning at what time? Oh, probably just before six. Okay, so you're in an ice bath before six o'clock this morning. When you woke up at five, ten past five, could you easily have rolled over and gone back to bed? Easily, yeah. Yeah. So what is it that makes you not do that? If I do that, I know that, like, I will get an you know, extra hour or something sleep, but uh, then suddenly the kids are up getting ready for school and I just I get a bit, I get a bit frazzled because I've got things going on. The, there's emails already starting to come in and stuff like yeah. that. So, like, I'd probably just... I feel like I'm a better dad if I give myself that time by going and doing something at the gym or clearing my head. I think so you're in a similar boat, aren't you? Del, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm very different now that I live by myself. It's just, it was quite different because sometimes you live by yourself. You just sometimes – I'm a people person. I like being around people. But then I've learned that I need to have my time. Otherwise, other people take my energy away. And then I prioritise like my sort of – I like walking in the mornings now. So, so what time do you wake up now? Uh, any, anywhere between 4.30 and, wow. and 6 a.m. Okay. And the reason why I get up at 4.30 sometimes is because when I was going through a tough time with my mum and that, I'd, I'd always roll over and think about her. So then I'd, I'd rather than lay around and overthink things, i think, okay, time to go to walk, time to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but now what I've been doing too is not just training hard, it's actually giving myself some time in the spa or sauna just because we get a bit older but also my thought process too of what I need to do for the work and how I can execute sort of my week and, and better for my sponsors and obviously also work. You've always got so much yeah. on. What do you do to decompress yeah. before going to bed? Getting up early is absolutely key for me. So best. like this morning I was up at 20 past five. Mm. I was walking by quarter to six. Yep. I'd had a couple of coffees and a, and a walk of six, seven Ks with my mates by about 7.30. Yes. Oh. So I actually drove home. I was home at quarter to eight and I felt like I'd ticked a few boxes and mm. stuff. And people do talk about that ticking off positives in your day. You mm. got up out of bed, you made your bed, you brushed your teeth, you got in your gym gear, you walked out, whatever. They're all tick, 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 ticks, mm. right? Give yourself as many of those as possible. And, of course, there are those minutes in the day where you're putting a little bit of positive stuff into you. Getting to bed, I have found for me nothing at all um, in terms of technology, nothing at all in terms of uh, – you know, podcasts or TV or anything. I literally just lie in bed where my wife quite happily downstairs will knock out two or three episodes of her favourite show. She can't stand a show that has just one episode a week. She wants to binge. Oh, she wants to binge and get through the whole thing. But that works for her to a certain degree. But I've always always thought get into bed by sort of, if you can get bed by nine o'clock and Mm. up by five o'clock, then that's good. But not everyone can do that. So any tips for our listeners on how to get the discipline to make sure that you put at least half an hour you s- well, it's, yeah. it's yourself find something a day? That, it's find something that works for you. I don't think uh, there's not one, one rule one for all. Rule for all. Yeah. It's just like it just find that moment to say whether it is, you know, you do some meditation or you go for a walk with friends like you do or you get up and jump in a gym session with others. It's I, I do like that idea that you're mm. just interacting with someone but then you do it on your time and then – and, and then just decompress before you go to bed as well. Yeah, I like. I think win the morning, win the day. So like, mate, when you get up in the morning and you, you get as much as you can, and as you like, you were like saying, core day eight o'clock, you're back. You felt like, mate, you felt right out. I'm setting myself up for the day. Hmm. And if you get time to do something else later in the day, it might be even better for you. But if not, you you started the day right. But also, I reckon when before you go to bed, don't over don't overwatch things like TV. And I, I get off my sort of uh, social media now too because. 
You know, it just yeah. sort of clicks. It clicks. Well, it into, plays havoc. It you does. Get, you get one bad thing on social media, yeah. but a thousand good things. You remember the one That's right. bad thing. Yeah. And, and I wrote down here, and we've probably got time. We can do it. Mm. We can do it next time we do Mental Fitness Wednesday. But how many minutes are we angry a day? Oh yeah. About things we can't control. That's right. You know Sometimes what I mean? We sweat the small stuff. We sweat don't we? the small yeah. stuff way too much. So uh, thanks for filling in, boys. And hopefully there's something there for everyone just to make sure you give yourself a little bit of self care. Mm. It used to be looked on as selfish. It's not. It's the most important stuff you can do. What about this? The Premier of New South Wales, he's done a good job again. Uh, Chris Minns is going to ban the blue groper fishing. Apparently the blue groper is at the moment, the numbers are down a little bit. People have been fishing for them. They're on iconic Sydney slash New South Wales fish. And he's basically said you can't fish them, you can't spear them. And if you do, $22,000 every single fish. Well, this is great, Dale, because there was the the one that the locals down in Cronulla absolutely loved. Its name was? Gus. Gus. Yeah. It got speared. It got speared. The the fine was a pathetic $800. The locals were furious. Well, mate. the blue groper has been made was made the state fish back in 1998, uh, and it can be found in shallow coastal waters. So mm. that's why they're so easy to fish, and they're, they're magnificent beautiful. to they're look so at. So gentle, beautiful, and you swim yeah. alongside, you're snorkeling. It's and like the blue is like that really lovely, beautiful, beautiful. New South Wales blue as well. Yeah, so good on yuck. you, Minzy. We we haven't had we haven't given him much tick lately. Actually, he's done a pretty hey, good job. The big fella, we've got to get him back in. Yeah. Got to get him back in the big fella. So well done, Minzy, and uh, any fishermen out there, if you don't know. Well, you do now. Welcome back to the Rush Hour with Gus, June, Wendell. Triple M presents Pearl Jam. Live on their Dark Matter World Tour. With special guests, the Pixies, playing Giant Stadium November 21. Get your tickets Friday at pearljam.com. The Rush Hour is better man or woman. That's it. Triple M is proud to present Pearl Jam on their return to Australia for the Dark Matter World Tour 2024 this November. Have you got someone in your life that's the better man or woman? Do they help you or others out in times of need? Now's your chance to let them know they're the better man and we could be sending you both to Pearl Jam. Head to triplem.com.au. Tell us about your better man and we could be calling you. And we've got Chris on the line right now. G'day, Chris. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. I'm all right. How are you? Mate, very, very well. Please tell us the story. Ah, well, so my better man is my best friend, Walt. I've known him since I was 15. When I was 18, I was in a serious car crash in ICU and he pretended to be my cousin so he could come in and see me. They were only letting family in. (laughs) That is absolutely gold. So how long were you in ICU for? Uh, I was in ICU for a week. So Walt got in on the first day. I was, you know, in a coma, didn't know he was there, but he made his way through, um, got in, held my hand. I woke up and heard the story and he's been my better man since. Oh, oh that's amazing. awesome, brother. Love Unbelievable. Love it, brother. Fantastic. You know, let's, those stories like yep. that. Let's yeah. give Walt a call. Stuff. I want to hear yeah. the better man's. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Walt, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, well, we've got Chris on the line. Chris has nominated you as his better man. Can you remember that moment of just going, sneaking through into the hospital when he's in a coma and holding his hand? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can remember. It was pretty intense. What What made you think, you know what, I don't care, I just got to somehow get in there and make sure I'm there for him when he wakes up? We didn't know what was going to happen, so I didn't, it was kind of the only option, you know. I had to see him. So I just said whatever I did to get through, you know. Chris, he's obviously had a huge impact for you, hasn't he? He has. He had a baby last year and um, I'm hoping I'm the favourite uncle. 
<laughs> oh, no, I got no doubt. Yes. Well, guys, would you like to go and see a concert? There's a band in town called Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. We would love to. Magnificent. <laughs> we yeah, saw them amazing. back in 2006. Oh, Chris, awesome. That's well, great. You're off. You've got a double pass to Pearl Jam and Triple oh. M presents Pearl Jam Live on their Dark Matter World Tour with special guest the Pixies playing Giant Stadium November 21. Get your tickets Friday at pearljam.com. You're off there. Beautiful. Fantastic. Well done, Thank well, you. Well done for looking after each other. Time now for this. Yeah, a little bit more cricket to be played. New Zealand versus Australia in the T20 starting right now. There's been one over bold, Jude, over my shoulder. What's the score? Uh, number three, uh, the Kiwis are in at the moment. Yep, they won the toss and had a bat. Not a big crowd there. I'm a little surprised by that. Oh, I suppose everyone is starting to think yeah. it's footy season, not cricket season. Give but there's three one days and a couple of test matches across there, across the ditch. Uh, is it cricket season really? It should, no. be, it should be footy. It now. is We're footy season. Yeah. Just tailing off, big fan. No, it's it's uh, it tailed off a long time ago. What about... Are you right, mate? Yes, I am, mate. <laughs> okay. Uh, Real Madrid's picked up a very big signing, Jude. Mbappe has signed with Bab. Has uh, got the uh, agreement to go to join, right. join Real Madrid. He is Paris Saint-Germain striker, of yes. course, and an yeah. absolute superstar. Yeah, and everyone wanted him and so forth. Yeah. Arsenal but I think, had a I don't sniff think, around. I don't think, Arsenal, yeah. Mate, yeah. I don't think Arsenal were ever a chance, yeah, but he yeah, wanted to go to dreaming. a proper club. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but Mbappe, obviously a legendary player. And Three goals be, in the World Cup. He'll just be, yeah. he'll just be absolutely awesome for them. What about uh, Tom Hawkins got uh, stitched up by Collingwood's uh, uh, Josh Dacos? Yes, yeah, so Josh Tell Dacos us about this. is t- taking a selfie at the Taylor Swift concert uh, and it just caught Tom Hawkins, the big key forward for uh, for Geelong in the back. He's double parked in the background with the two beers. Double well, parked? It's, it's, it's a trap for young players the, when you get yeah. yeah, you're, you're a bit of a, uh, a photo bomb in the background. Sometimes no. people are eating the pie or, yeah. or, or the, the like. Or but, the sausage uh, roll or whatever been, it might he's be. He's done. He's gone, oh, well, I'm on, on a day off. So yeah. he's Mate, allowed to. What, let's continue down in AFL land. A bit going on at the Melbourne Demons. Yeah, so Joel Smith uh, was provisionally stood down um, uh, and the anti-doping investigators have accused the Melbourne Demons player, Joel Smith, of cocaine trafficking. So this Trafficking? Is, yeah, this is, uh, you know, got a, it could have a huge ramification for Smith, he, he could be now facing a much more serious potential four-year ban. So this is huge in playing out. And, and well, don't worry about a ban. If you're trafficking cocaine, oh, you go to jail. Absolutely. It's it's real worry. So that's what uh, from the um, uh, Sports Integrity Australia have been uh, uncovered some text messages that have, you know, sort of shown some different things. So mm. it's a real watch this space on on Joel Smith. And there's been some question marks around the Melbourne the culture, culture yeah. constantly. So uh, Simon Goodwin has had to, you know, t- face some questions at different stages. And we know that uh, Clayton Oliver um, stood away from training for a period as well. So there's been a lot going on down at Melbourne. So when the Melbourne Demons won the grand final cross here in Perth during COVID, everyone was thinking they could go on a bit of a dynasty, dynasty yeah. now. Yeah. What has happened to that club since? And the coach is still in charge, right? Yeah. He's been under the pump. This is like If they don't sort of get back on the wagon and really have a big uh, season and, and capitalise on the on the list that they've had, well, I mean, it'll go down as one of that, that – Possible dynasty that just That's failed right. to be, and one flag. I mean, they've they've got issues in the front half with injuries at the moment, and they take on the Swans round one. So it'll be a massive game if 
you know, uh, the so Swans, the Swans can, can give it to them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, when, when it comes to the NRL, there's mm. always that talk off the field, all the dramas and stuff, but there's plenty in the AFL at the moment, Del. Yeah, there is. You know, it's it's quite surprising because usually they sort of um, – I'm not saying they cover it up, but usually, you know, they don't report it as much. But, um, you know, there's a bit going on there. Rugby league eats itself, doesn't it? it AFL tends to look after themselves a little bit better. Um, what's happening in the cricket? Number 16, Allen has just... 16? Yeah. Allen has just hit another four off yeah. Josh Hazelwood. Hazelwood. He, he be, loves opening up the shoulders. Yeah, be better, Hazelwood. Oh, he has to be better. He's a gun, mate. We know. We <laughs> yeah, love Joshy Hazelwood. He, we yeah. do love Joshy Hazelwood. Yeah. And again, it's a T20 yeah. in New Zealand. Let's yeah. wait for the test matches to start. Rock Royalty has walked into studio. We found a flyer from the Stone Age advertising this next band's gig. Check it out. It's written on stone, obviously. Queens of current age. Make noise at time, sun go away, and we frightened not come back. Price of allow in three mammoth tusks. Man, tickets were cheap back then. Now it's known as the Stone Age, and these guys are still going. We've got the frontman and guitarist of one of the world's biggest rock acts. They're back on tour, and we're stoked. We're also good mates with them, so we'll get free tickets for sure. Please welcome to the Rush Hour from Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Homme and Dean Fatina. Yeah, boys, so yeah, good yeah, to have yeah, you in yeah, the studio. You know, whatever I said, I'd take it back. <laughs> there you go, there you go. What's it like being back in Australia? Uh, it's always nice. It's different here for us because the country's so wide. Yeah, it's that, big. Yeah. The way, I think you got something right here. You know, just finish off. Right. Oh, he's just finished his salad, mate. He's yeah. left that for yeah. later on. You're embarrassing oh, us. That's yeah. how you know we're friends. I'm telling you. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Good Thank you. Wrong. You were on the fence about if we had something. Uh, yeah, you know. now we got it. No, but I think it's so it's so big here that we're afforded time to ha- have off. Hmm. And so it's a little different than other tours where you're just grinding away, trying to get from Ohio to Cleveland and with both of them in the rear view as fast as you can. Okay. Yeah. And going from one to the other. Ohio. (laughs) Oh, right, right. Cleveland is in Ohio. Sorry. I was was sniffing glue in the parking lot. (laughs) You enjoying Australia? Love it. Yeah. We always, you know, go on a tour cycle. Australia is the one that we are looking forward to get to. Good to have you back. You guys have been touring here for so long, though. I mean, I still remember uh, going along to the Big Day Out years ago when Songs for the Dead. Big Day Day Off. off. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But just uh, two shows at Horden, you must be super excited. And you you always tour with really diverse bands as well. Yeah, I mean, last time we were here was really great. We had the Chats and CW Stone King, which are just... Chats are cool. You know, and this time we have Pond and Gut Health, and we played with the Chats again, and Spider Bait. Correct. And uh, I mean, th- th- it's always easy to pick Aussie acts, you know. We're hoping for Kylie next time. <laughs> Kylie. She loves a lot. You've got to go to England to get Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So into her, though. God. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like as a musician or as a person? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I want to. I want to know how do you how do you juggle family life and, and the rock star life? They're looking at each other. Who's going to answer? <laughs> That's yours. It's really hard. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. And um, you know, we're at the point of the tour where we're counting down, not up, well, for days left. Yeah. It's the hardest part. How often do you have those sort of days where you've given your all and it doesn't quite? Yeah. I can't imagine that happens click, too yeah. often. For Never. You guys. Uh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. We had we had a kind of a tough. Oh, it wasn't that it was bad. We're always changing the set list around too. So some nights have such a wonderful flow, right? I mean, it's like Perth was Perth was tough. It was good, tough. Mm. We were trying, we were maybe trying too many things. It was like sort of like being drunk at the buffet, where you're like, <laughs> all of it makes me feel sick, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it was good. I just and I hope the audience enjoyed it. It was just for us. We're fighting. Mm. How much do you enjoy? 
actually touring and leaving the people that you love the most to do something you probably <laughs> love the most. You know? yeah. I just right, love yeah. leaving the people I love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the music. I just, no. Yeah, just got to get rid of these people that you love. Yeah. I feel very fortunate that this is the group of people I get to travel with and create art with and that it's still in a situation where it's, um, you know, kind of trending up. Like we're, we're talking about it all the time that it's, really unheard of for a band that's been around as long as Queens has that shows are continuing to get bigger. Mm. That's you know? as weird as, we, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy band to, to ingest. You know, I, keep, I oftentimes I'll listen back to something and say, and say let's really stupidly complicate it somehow. Well, really complicated. <laughs> but we bumbled and fumbled our way <laughs> and here we are. Well, it's just, it's, it, it's like wicker furniture. It's, it's, it's something simple that's weaved together in a complicated pattern. You know what <laughs> but I mean? But it works. But it works and it's comfy and it reminds you of being on goddamn vacation. Josh Homme and Dean Fatita from Queens of the Stone Age are with us. They're playing tonight at Horden Pavilion. I um, sit here as a fan. That's my sort of role. I haven't done anything. These guys have played sport at the highest level, played for their country, and can tell been by the, the best rings. in the world. And <laughs> you know, well, this guy in particular, he <laughs> plays both sports. Solid, for, man. Two sports for Australia. <laughs> And, you know, could have been with his physique and his talent back in the days, NFL type of player. They talk about that moment where they come out onto the field, all the hard work's been done and you get that mm. appreciation and stuff. That is that what you get when you're touring compared to being in a studio creating? I was just about to keep waffling on on the previous thing and say exactly that. That, that, that honestly, my favourite moment of the night is you're standing on stage and you're waiting and it's almost like, it's not like I liken it to bull riding except I'm not riding the bull. You are the bull. You're leaning on the gate, and you're like, wow. as soon as you open that thing, and the lights go out, and everyone, the crowd cheers, and in that one moment, it's perfect. Nothing has happened. Everyone's happy, and the hairs on your arms stand up, and, 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 and you know, we have this thing that's like, show them where you're from, boys. That's how we walk out there, and, and it just feels, you know, you got to romanticize your ideals. Mm to want to really chase them hard. We talk a lot in here about the village, you know, the village that we've had together five and a half years, getting to know each other, brothers, good things, bad things, helping each other out. These guys knew that from teammates through sport, couldn't do it by themselves. The vulnerability and the village that you create of people around you is life. Sure. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, especially since we're traveling, you know, there are easy metaphors for us getting in the ship and sailing. It's like we have gotten up. I think we still vacation together, the whole band and all the families. Like, and not because we're contractually obligated. (laughs) So so I think it's taken many years to get this lineup together that is able to make fun where there is none and also to, to act as an accelerant for fun where there is some already. Mm. You know, that's the job. And, and our morale as a group of people, our crew too, it's, that, it's not just the band, our crew, you know, they're the ones that go, they're, they've been there for hours already. And when we leave, they're still breaking down. Mm. It cannot be overstated. I think when you're on a ship at sea, someone from a distance thinks the captain's important, more important. Than, but no, if the rigor fails, you die. Cook fails, you die. Everyone is important. What's awful is role envy. So I think we have, mm. everyone enjoys the part that they play in doing this. And so it makes it, we're actually focused on playing instead of like bickering like a bunch of, yeah. you know. You're throwing the ego out the door in terms yeah. of that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know. It's key. It's where all the good stuff comes from. Or else from. I fire everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> no. They f- 
know it. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking yeah. speak of that, it's like back when I played, I was always that guy who was always had me going out clothes ready because I wanted to go, you know, the best spots. And I used to like the he packed his he packed his dance shoes before his boots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then like kick-ons and uh, you know backstage stuff. Is there any times when you come backstage and you don't really want to talk to people, or you just think, okay, this is part of what we have to do? I think that's the the the, the social life of it. I mean, what what are you what are your yeah? What is what's your thoughts? This well, yeah, the social side of it to me is completely different. Yep. You know, it's an, another side that I don't. You know, my obligation is to people that yep. I play with a nightly basis. You know, there are nights when it's a wonderful release to go and and you know talk to people about things that are maybe unrelated to what you're doing every day. I mean, we've been a band for 27 years, but I think. The longer I stay out on any given tour, the more I degenerate into an animal as it goes because um, I'm sort of like sensitive and volatile. Yeah. <laughs> like I realize that now. It's like all, all the troubles, I've, all the biggest times I've ever gotten troubles because I was just going too wild. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, I've been there. Like without real intention, just sort of like so living in the moment that the, that the other moments mean nothing, you know. And, and But I also think that that's what makes a really good musical act is the ability to just be there right now. You're not thinking and, about the next one. Yeah, so it's like the pri- it sort of like feels like oftentimes and maybe it's not even the best outlook but it almost feels like the price that that I pay or that you one pays, you know. Yep. I mean there's there's nights you don't want to go out and do stuff but after a show it's just like Yeah. It's Don't worry, Dill knows. So does Jude, not just me. Actually, Jude knows too. Get, yeah. Getting the bull back into the ring and into his pen is yeah, hard. <laughs> believe, believe me, I know yeah, exactly bull. what that is. Well, you can catch Queens of the Stone Age tonight and tomorrow night at the Horden Pavilion. For tickets, go to livenation.com.au. Josh, Dean, thank you so much thank for you. joining us on The Rush Hour. Legends. Thanks, mate. Awesome. Thanks, boys. Dell, Wade Graham's in the seat tomorrow. Looking forward, Wade Graham. You're going on um, a father and daughter. Father-daughter camp, yeah. would you believe? Well, you so, Nice big fellas. So yeah. overnight. Yeah, yep. overnight. They're, they're Sleeping in the tents. Yeah, and they're apparently cooking for us. So oh. I said to my daughter, I gave a kiss on Tuesday when they went off for camp. Make sure you learn how to cook before I oh, get there. So they've already gone, so you're coming in yeah. for oh, the oh, last we jet night. In. We jet in. That's oh, really, really nice. I avoided the rain early on the week. What week. do you mean you jet in? Yeah. No, where <laughs> are you going? Where is yeah, it? Just yeah. out near Windsor. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Have, have, a, good, have a good time, big, big fella. See you, you later. See you tomorrow. Mate. Big way tomorrow, day, Love you, buddy. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.